You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 228 of the Canadians Connection Podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. And Rick, how are you doing today? I'm in a good mood today. Um, I hope everybody out there in uh, who's listening is is also in a good mood. We're coming to the end of January. We had a had some fresh snow here in in Montreal, and um, something happened this week that well, it hasn't happened for a very long time. Canadians made a call up from the CHL, and uh, we got that and and a bunch more to tell you because wow, what a what a news news uh, busy week it was for the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, lots of interesting news as always, and uh, some actually like pretty entertaining games for this team, uh, mm-hmm. uh, especially after Caulfield going out for the season with a season-ending injury. I wasn't too sure how things were going to go, but uh, we'll get you all updated t- on that in the first uh, segment here, as well as your update on Habs prospects. Uh, segment two, we're going to take a deep dive into the trade deadline, uh, look back at last year, and look forward to what could happen this year. And, of course, segment three, the Have Your Say segment, our Canadians Connection question of the week. Who is on your Habs trade board? We want to know. And, uh, Rick, what's the best way for people to let us know? Well, we've set up a text line, the Rocket Sports text line. It is 5853-ROCKET. Easy to remember. Easy to dial 5853-ROCKET and send us your text. If you have a little bit more uh, you want to talk about, then send us an email at info at allhabs.net. You can also give us a follow at All Habs on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, check out the website, CanadiansConnection.com. Now, uh, this past week, the Montreal Canadiens put up three games, and they went 11-7 and every single game. Uh, so make sure you check out our comprehensive game previews and post-game recaps for every Montreal Canadiens game at AllHabs.net. Going all the way back to January the 21st, uh, Toronto comes into Montreal, and it's an overtime victory for Montreal. Yes, we beat Toronto. I don't care what else <laughs> happened this week. That's the important part here. Um, so after the Leafs got off to a quick two-goal lead in the first, 
Montreal storms back to tie it up in the second, and they hang on going into overtime. Uh, Harvey Pinard got his first goal of the season, and in extra time, it was Rem Pelic that came away the hero. So it's uh, the Laval Rocket that really contributed in this game. Um, one thing I do want to point out, uh, it seemed like uh, the Habs were a little bit flat-footed to start. wasn't a perfect game from them. They went 0-4 on the power play, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dwell on that too much. We beat Toronto. What else matters? Well, I think that is it. It, it was looking grim from the start. A, a terrible first period. The the Canadians looked lifeless. Uh, Toronto out to a two nothing lead. Sam Montembeau, um That was a soft goal. Fifty three seconds in uh, that he allowed, and and you know against Florida. Um, coming off that five goal second period, he 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 looked pretty rough. Um, and then, yeah, the, the, the Leafs outshot the, 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 actually both in the first and third period, but it was that second period and, and the Canadians came out and looked quite inspired actually. And, and maybe they were reminded about, you know, um, the, the devastating news about Cole Caulfield and being out for the season and, and they dominated that second period, uh, tied up and, and, uh, outshot the Leafs 18 to eight. Um, and then, as you said, won it in overtime. Um, uh, uh, incredible. And, and the classic rivalry Leafs um, Canadians on a, on a Saturday night hockey night in Canada game. Uh, a couple days later, it was another rival. Uh, the Boston Bruins come into Montreal on the 24th of January and Boston wins four to two. Uh, Doc puts up a couple of goals. Great week for Kirby Doc, actually. Uh, moving to center has been great for him. He's looked awesome so far. Uh, the game was tied 2-2 with about three minutes left, and it was Patrice Bergeron who scored the game-winning goal because who else would do that in Montreal on Boston? Let's be real. Uh, Boston uh, added another goal after that, so 4-2 for Boston. Uh, nice that Montreal kept things close in there. Uh, listening to people talk after this game, you, I, I would have thought that Montreal won the game if they didn't already know the score. Uh, I don't want to hype it up too much. They they hung in there against the best team uh, in the Atlantic. Uh, full credit to them, but uh, still a 4-2 loss, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I, I think a, a victory to to stay close to. Uh, the, the Bruins have been uh, impressive, and, and it, it pains me to say, uh, how good they they uh, have played this this uh, year and um, this game uh, they just um, the, the patience uh, the, the, their patience and confidence uh, they shut down the middle of the ice um, and and the Canadians um, you know th- there's been a, a after they came back from that road trip uh, just a complete overhaul of of the system that the coaching staff uh, has has used where. We heard from uh, Trevor Latowski how dramatic that that change has been um, this week. Um, but they just turned from an offensive team to a, a complete prevent defense uh, kind of team. Um, and it's allowed them um, to stay with uh, teams who, who uh, you know, maybe you, you, you were expecting a worse result. Uh, it's allowed the goaltenders to look pretty good. Um, lots of block shots, uh, limiting rebounds, um, uh, clearing them easily. And, and, um, you know, it's made for some entertaining games this week. Yeah, definitely entertaining for sure. And, uh, like we both said, uh, they kept it very close in this one against a very good team. So you have to give them some credit for that. 
A couple days later, it was another Atlantic Division rival that strolled into town in Detroit on the 26th, and uh, Detroit wins in overtime 4-3. to uh, Scoring-wise, this game was like pretty back and forth. It seemed like the moment one team scored, the other one would come back uh, almost immediately. Uh, goaltending was pretty good for Montreal. Uh, they were outshot 42-23. to um, A lot of talk in this game about the fourth line of uh, Belzeal, Pizzetta, and Harvey Pinard. Uh, Pizzetta and Harvey Pernard scored all three goals for Montreal, two for Harvey Pernard. So good for him. He's looked pretty decent in that role. Uh, very energetic fourth line, but I did find that they got hemmed in their own zone quite a bit uh, without a way out. Uh, that being said, uh, I, I don't think Detroit had too many high danger scoring t- chances. So positioning on, in their own end is at least pretty good. Uh, for me, the highlight of this game was Kirby Doc uh, essentially KOing Andrew Kopp on uh, <laughs> the, the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Andrew Kopp is a really big, strong guy, so credit to Kirby Doc for making him look silly in that. His uh, second uh, pro fight uh, for, for Kirby Doc, and he just yeah came out uh, uh, angry uh, in the second period on the opening faceoff, just pummeled. Uh, Cobb, as you said, uh, who's a, a tough customer himself. Um, that fourth line is—it's uh, fun for them. It, it, it's just fun. Um, but but I mean, let's be honest. Uh, if we're projecting, you know, that three years from now, at least two of the three uh, of those players are not going to be on the team, uh, and and there's a question about the third. Um, although he's shown some good things, but. But if we're projecting out, if we're looking at the future, you got to be really excited about Kirby Doc, who has just been a force in the middle of the ice. Um, his drive, his vision, the ability to set up his 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 line mates, uh, the way he smoothly leaves his zone, best best zone entry uh, player on the Canadians, um, and and it was you know. Yes, uh, fans were excited when he was part of the the number one line with with uh, Caulfield and Suzuki, um, but I I I wasn't as impressed then. Uh, he was getting his points, um, but uh, he didn't look as impressive as as when he's played at center and just dominating the middle, driving the play. Um, really, really impressed, and uh, you get a n- a whole new appreciation of the plan, the Jeff Gordon Kent Hughes plan. And the reason they gave up what they did, a big, uh, it was, yeah, uh, yeah, that was a big trade. Uh, and we said at the time, if if it's a trade for a winger, um, if Kirby Doc becomes a winger, that's that's uh, that's too much. Um, but um, given that he can be a dominating center, um, he was very very impressive this past week. It was the week of Kirby Doc. Yeah, I agree. Definitely the week of Kirby Doc, and uh, you mentioned Trevor Latowski a little bit earlier. We're going to hear uh, what he has to say for, about uh, Kirby Doc a little bit later. Uh, for now, please check out the Habs notepad and Habs features as posts appear regularly at allhabs.net. A little bit of injury news from this past week. Uh, the good news here is that Jake Allen did return to the lineup and started the game against the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, faced 42 shots, so he was a busy guy. He looked all right, uh, I guess decent for a return to action. And that led to uh, Caden Primo being reassigned to the Laval Rocket. Uh, 
yeah, that's probably where he belongs for uh, the remainder of the season, uh, barring any more injuries and uh, goal for the Montreal Canadiens. I thought um, I agree with you about Jake Allen. Uh, he got better as the game went on. Uh, the, you know, that first goal that he let in, the early goal, um, it, he he looked a little suspect on that. But um, as you said, faced forty two shots and and got stronger. Um, I, I thought he got stronger as as the game went on. Had a, he had a, a a very good return. Caden Primo, uh, JF Wool says that he's going to play and he's going to play a lot. That he hasn't played a lot since um, he had that injury on the twenty fifth of November. Uh, that oh, bizarre injury um, that where he was off the ice, he was on the bench when 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 he got it. So he's missed uh, a considerable no- amount of time. With Montreal, he had the exposure in in practice to the NHL caliber shots, but you knew he wasn't getting into a game. So it's good that he's back in Laval, and and uh, we'll see a lot of action going forward. Yeah, the bad news from Thursday night was uh, Joel Edmondson left the game uh, with a lower body injury. Uh, that's certainly a tough loss for a team that's very banged up and uh, short a lot of bodies at the moment. Uh, they were so short to this past week that they had to go 11-7 and seven dressing the extra D-man, and now they lose a pretty big piece of their back end in Joel Edmondson, uh, especially when you approach the trade deadline here with all the speculation going on. You really hope that Edmondson can get healthy soon. It was odd because um, he left that game. He had, He played just over two minutes, I believe, in... Um, in the game against Detroit and um, headed to the dressing room, did not come back, and the, the Canadians announced that he had a lower body injury. When the, when the injury information came out, he was reclassified to an upper body injury. So I don't know what happened there. Um, but I think, let me just speculate for a second, that it's a back injury and um, they have classified that as a low in the past as a as a lower body injury. Uh, we know he has back issues, and it seems to um, flare up every once in a while. He's he's day to day, so uh, hopefully he'll be back soon. And hopefully, um, the Ken Hughes can 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 you know field offers for him uh, while he's healthy, uh, in, in, in the lineup and, and that, uh, an injury doesn't, uh, disturb those plans. Cole Caulfield announced that he would undergo shoulder surgery on Wednesday, February the 1st. Uh, he's going to have plenty of time to recover from this and rehab, uh, before next season. Uh, really no rush for Cole Caulfield. Uh, they already announced that this was going to be a season ending injury. So, uh, hopefully he gets uh, well rested and healthy to start next year. He said that um, it was before Christmas in a game against uh, Dallas where he had an awkward fall where um, he dislocated his shoulder. Um, He said that to him it was no big deal. He was able to pop it back in. Um, uh, But then it happened and it was worse um, in in a game against Nashville um, on that road trip. Um, We also uh, took a look at our our Rocket Sports team of that. uh, Unfortunately... uh, no one was really at fault. It was just a collision, um, unfortunate collision in the Calgary game uh, against a pretty solid Trevor Lewis, uh, where he actually left the game and didn't return. Um, so a, a shoulder injury, um, he said that uh, the surgery will be um, uh, soon. And uh, as you said, February 1st, same doctor as Josh Anderson, 
Peter Millett, um, a specialist in Vail, Colorado. Um, he's also reached out to Zach Wierenski, a good friend of his who had uh, similar uh, surgery. Um, and um, yeah, he doesn't he, he doesn't know what to expect. He didn't want to come out of the lineup, but uh, this makes the most sense because he he, he sought three opinions. Uh, and and each doctor told him that uh, um, that it's it it needs to be addressed now, and that um, a, a further um, further injuring that shoulder could be serious and and lead to um, you know career affecting uh, problems for him. So um, doesn't want to come out, but he'll get it done, and he'll have enough time hopefully uh, to recover in full before the start of next season. And with all these injuries, the Canadians recalled Ford Owen Beck from the Peterborough Peets on an emergency basis. Uh, this was a bit of a surprise to me. Uh, I know Montreal was running out of bodies to play in the NHL. A uh, bit of slim pickings in the AHL right now. Not too many guys that you would really trust to bring up. So a uh, nice opportunity for Owen Beck. Uh, hopefully the Peterborough Peets don't suffer too much without him. I know they uh, traded quite a few assets to bring in Owen Beck uh, not too long ago. So uh be nice for uh, Owen Beck to get the opportunity. Nice for fans to see him. Uh, nice for the team in general to see how he competes in uh, mid-season NHL form. What a season of special moments for Owen Beck uh, being an emergent. Well, the draft, first of all, uh, then then uh, getting called up to Team Canada, winning a gold medal, getting traded uh, from the Steelheads uh, to to the Peterborough Peets, his home, his hometown. Um, and now uh, he'll make his debut against the Ottawa Senators on a Saturday night. Um, uh, incredible. I, I think it's just um, it's a nice nod to, to Owen Beck for the, the season that he's having. Um, and um, this the, the way the schedule worked out, it, just kind of a perfect storm for the Canadians to exploit this. As we said off the top, it hasn't happened in a very long time, um, it goes back to Mikhail Sergachev. And the reason is, is that the NHL-CHL agreement is very specific. Um, and that is that um, a call-up from uh, the CHL has to be um, under emergency conditions, uh, which this is. Uh, the Canadians have already used two emergency call-ups from Laval. Um it can only be for a maximum of five games, five NHL games, and the player in question can only miss a maximum of one game, one uh, game with their, their CHL club. Um, so th- this uh, Owen Beck will, will be around, I suspect, for two games, the two games against Ottawa. Uh, hopefully he'll have an opportunity to play in both of those. Then the Canadians have the all-star break, the 10-day pause in their schedule. Um, so he, he'll go back to uh, Peterborough uh, in time for Thursday's game against the Ice Dogs. And um, uh, Peterborough loses them for one game. The Canadians get them for two. And, uh, and, and then that 10-day break kicks in where uh, I suspect uh, the Canadians have information that, that players will be coming back forwards will be coming back after that break um so it it works out for everybody i think 
Yeah, just have to survive until we get to the All-Star break. <laughs> and uh, good news is Tuesday when uh, the Ottawa Senators do come to Montreal and uh, hopefully Owen Beck is still in the lineup at that point, I'll be on a little scouting mission. So nice. I'll uh, be able to provide a nice update on uh, how Owen Beck has looked uh, in the NHL. So now I think it's a good time to get to our Habs prospect report. I'm just going to interrupt you for a second because there's one other piece of news um, that's that's a little bit interesting, a little bit odd, um, and and that is remember we've been talking all all season long about these these um, additions uh, that that the Canadians have made that are kind of unannounced, um, and um, if you go to their website, you're not going to find. Billy Ryan, the director of player evaluation, you're not going to find Scott Pellerin, you're not going to find L.B. O'Connell, you're not going to find Gordy Clark, you're not going to find Teddy Purcell or Neil Little. Um, and, and it appears, it appears, and since we're talking about, uh, you know, the, the organization's roster, uh, so to speak, there appears that there's an, uh, been an addition, and that is a mental performance c- coach. And on uh, January 25th, what hap- which happened to be the Let's Talk Day, um, there was uh, a person by the name of Jeff Menard, Jean-Francois Menard, who, and I'll read his tweet, I'm thrilled to announce that I have accepted a consulting position with the Montreal Canadiens as their mental performance coach. It's a privilege to be part of this team. Um, so it appears that the Montreal Canadiens have added a uh, mental performance coach, um, which, uh, you know, teams have and, and have for years. Uh, it's odd that they wouldn't announce it. It's odd that they wouldn't take the the opportunity when, when during the week we're talking about mental health, that they um, wouldn't announce this. Um, so we're bringing it to you. We have no confirmation from the Canadians as of yet. Uh, but Jean-Francois Menard... Um, works for, um, he's the founder and president of Cambio Performance. Um, he's a, a motivational speaker. Uh, he worked for five years uh, for Cirque du Soleil, uh, a circus guy, um, uh, helping circus artists deal with pressure and perform at their best. He's been involved with the Canadian Olympic team. Um, so uh, We'll we'll follow up on this, uh, but uh, it appears that there is another one of those unannounced ads uh, to the organization, and and uh, and now it's time I think for our prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. So on our prospect update, uh, we'll start things off uh, talking about the Laval Rocket, and then we'll give you an update on some uh, Montreal Canadiens prospects in the CHL and NCAA. Uh, This past week, the Rocket played three games, and each of those three games needed extra time. Starting back on the 21st of January, it was the Toronto Marlies that took a trip into Laval, and this one went all the way to the shootout where Toronto wins 4-3. Marlies outshot the Rocket 34-26. Marlies had eight opportunities on the power play uh, as uh, Laval took 16 minutes in penalties. Uh, The Rocket had their fair share uh, 
with uh, six power plays, only uh, capitalizing on two of those. Uh, the Marlies took 12 minutes of power play. So uh, I guess a bit of a gritty win, win for the Marlies there. Uh, Laval looked all right. Nice of them to get a point at least. And the um, and I'll speak generally about the entire week um, that uh, you'll go on to to talk about the individual games, but all three, as you said, went to to extra time, uh, either overtime, uh, and the shootout. Uh, the, the Laval Rocket lost all three of those, but they're on a five game uh, point streak uh, because <laughs> they got the the extra point. And kind of interesting if you look from an organizational perspective, there were six games that that the Canadians and a Laval Rocket uh, participated in last week. Five of those games went organizational wide went to uh, extra time and um, the Canadian organization won one of them. Interesting. It doesn't mean anything. I don't think, but just uh, um, an interesting observation. Yeah. Nice. Interesting parallel uh, on January the 25th, uh, the Belleville senators took a trip into Laval. They came away with a two to one overtime victory. Uh, tempers were really flaring on this one. Uh, at one point, a 10 man scrum broke out. Uh, this started with the uh, Senators defenseman uh, D- Dylan Her- Hetherington uh, jumping William Trudeau, and uh, that just ended up bursting into a huge scrum. It was insane. Uh, the Senators ended up getting an extra minor, uh, leading to a Laval power play, but uh, that wasn't enough for Laval. They end up taking the loss in overtime there. Yeah, there was there was a couple of times um, five on threes, and and it it was it was uh, these two teams don't like each other. They haven't for a long time. Um, lots of uh, new players on both sides. They're, both are dealing with injuries and call ups. Um, so it was it was feisty to be sure. Yeah, and then a couple days later, on the 27th, uh, Laval hits the road and goes to Cleveland, where they take a three to two overtime loss. Uh, the Rocket actually outshot the Monsters 38-23. Uh, to 23. Uh, They went 0-5 on the power play, so uh, unfortunately Laval's still having those power play struggles. But uh, three games, all in extra time. They lost all three, but like you said, hey, they got a point streak going, so <laughs> we'll look at the positives there. Caden Primo um, uh, kind of watched him closely on Friday night. Uh, he's looking rusty. Um, he, he is. There was a, a wraparound goal that uh, beat him that that he clearly should have had. Um, and 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 I, I guess uh, not so much from the goals, but his saves. Um, he he just doesn't look comfortable just yet. And and and. Like I say, he's missed a lot of time, so he's he's working he's working through some of these issues at this point. So right now, uh, the Laval Rocket record is 16, 18, 6, and 2. Uh, 24th in the AHL, uh, the Laval Rocket have a couple games coming up. Uh, today, the 28th, Laval in Cleveland for a rematch of Friday's game. And then on the 3rd of February. Can't believe it's already February. Laval goes into Toronto, so they're going to face them for the second time in two weeks. Yeah, and that, uh, Cleveland, that's uh, Cleveland won on, on Friday night. Uh, Laval still got a point, but Cleveland is chasing uh, Laval and uh, with a win could move ahead of them in the standings. So we'll keep an eye here on your CHL uh, scoring race. Uh, 
starting things off, uh, Riley Kidney cannot say enough about this kid. Uh, since joining the Gatineau Olympique uh, eight games ago, he's managed to put up 22 points, so not too bad. Uh, another guy we've been uh, keeping an eye on is uh, Jared Davidson for the Seattle Thunderbirds. Uh, he's currently at 59 points on the season in 38 games. Uh, he's in second place there. And, of course, Joshua Waugh, who uh, has played the fewest amount of games because he joined the World Juniors. He's got 53 points in 32 games, so honestly a great top three of prospects there. I'll also throw in uh, an Owen Beck, who's currently at uh, 44 points in uh, 37 games on the season. Uh, he's been called up to Montreal, as we said, so looking forward to see what he has in store. It's um, yeah. I, I mean, what can you say about Riley Kidney? He is he has exploded since uh, joining uh, Gatineau, and and we, we talk about these spectacular uh, CHL trades, the the junior hockey trades that that on paper look amazing, but when you get that kind of of um, you know just immediate impact by a player joining your team, twenty two points in eight games. Um, that's, that's incredible. Um, and he'll be a big help for their, um, their, uh, playoff and Memorial cup, uh, plans. Um, on Friday, he had, uh, four points, two goals and two assists. Um, Gatineau, um, beat Valdor 11 to six in that game. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, just looking down the, the, uh, the list of games. And this is, this is simply from Friday. Uh, Riley Kidney with four points, uh, Philippe Machar with a goal that happened to be a game winner as as Kitchener beat Barry. Jared Davidson had two goals and an assist, three points. Um, and then when you look at the the NCAA, uh, Lane Hudson had two two assists. Uh, Luke Tuck had a goal and two assists, a three point game for him. Um, spectacular! Just um, you 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 got to be happy for these prospects. And what's coming if you're a Habs fan? Yeah. Uh, Jakob Dobis, the goaltender uh, for Ohio State University and Habs prospect. He's been having a good season, too. Uh, currently 15th in the NCAA in save percentage. Uh, save percentage is uh, 0.921, which is, I mean, I, I'm considering that pretty good. In 26 games played, uh, big goaltender, someone that I'm really looking forward to seeing. Uh, did you have any other thoughts on Jakob Dobis? Well, he had a shutout this week uh, against, uh, he plays for Ohio State. They played uh, Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin, I believe. Uh, 27 shots, uh, uh, no goals, uh, got a shutout. He's, he's been terrific as well. Yeah, so looking forward to seeing all these prospects, and uh, of course, we'll keep you up to date on everything that's going on with them. Uh, Habs prospect uh, Vincenz Rohrer, uh, the 67, uh, he got uh, a huge, scary injury earlier this season. Uh, he was actually carried off the ice on a stretcher. Uh, he was able to return to the lineup on Friday night, so very happy to see Vincenz is back. Uh, he's uh, had a pretty good season with Ottawa up until then. So uh, that's nice that he's gotten himself healthy. That was a very scary moment for everyone. Really scary moment. Um, the way he flipped and landed on his, his back or neck and, and uh, seizure on the ice, an awful moment, went to hospital. It, it was said that he was out indefinitely and then returning to the, the lineup um, just a couple weeks later. That's uh, great news for, for him and, and for the 67s. So be sure to read all the content at ahl.report. 
Also, listen and subscribe to The Press Zone if you like everything to do with Habs Prospects and AHL. Uh, that's hosted by Amy Johnson, Patrick Williams, and Rick Stevens, that, and it comes out every Tuesday evening. So make sure you hit subscribe and check out The Press Zone when that comes out. A couple of interesting uh, quotes for this week. I mentioned uh, Trevor Letowski earlier had some praise for Kirby Doc. Uh, Kirby Doc recently got moved from the wing to center, and he's looked really good. So uh, let's hear what uh, Trevor had to say about him. You know, through this stretch, I think, for instance, Kirby Doc has taken a huge step, and, and now we can we can give him bonus shifts there uh, in the middle or on the wing, you know. And, you know, I feel like he's... You know, this has been a stretch of games where he's kind of established himself as you can see why we're so excited about him. He's to be an elite centerman in the league, but it's almost like coming out party for him. The last little stretch, which is really exciting for all of us. But yeah, this stretch of games, like I mentioned earlier, it seems like he just looks, he looks the part there, you know, as that big centerman that drives a line and uh, even his face-offs and his defensive play and his puck battles and things that don't show up uh, on the score sheet has been really impressive, maybe the most impressive part of what he's bringing to the table right now. So very excited about the way the way he's playing. I was really happy to hear from Trevor Lichtowski, assistant coach. He, you know, he he's kind of behind the scenes, but we see him. He's been um, instrumental in in helping uh, Marty St. Louis in in his uh, transition as a as an NHL coach. Um, Trevor Latowski does uh, deals with the forwards and spends a lot of time with the player management, bench management, um, their time on ice. Um, he does a lot of the the pre the five on five pre scouting of of their opponents. Um, but since uh, the, the, the Canadians have moved to this 11-7, 11 forward, 7 defenseman um, uh, setup, um, it's made the, well, for both um, uh, Stefan Robada and, and for uh, uh, Trevor Latowski, uh, keeping track of, of who's playing next and because the lines get jumbled and, and um, there's, there's uh, you know, not, not just a set four lines of three players. Uh, the Canadians, interesting, really interesting that they typically in an 11 forward um, kind of setup, uh, you'll you'll have two players on the fourth line and then, you know, one of your better players will sub in on the fourth line. Not necessarily ideal uh, having, you know, uh, somebody, uh, one of your top players sub in that way. The Canadians have kept the fourth line, that Laval line, uh, as it's termed, together. Um, and it's the third line that has uh, a complement of two, Christian Dvorak and Evgeny Dadunov. Evgeny Dadunov um, and they've added a Nick Suzuki or a Kirby Doc to that that lineup when that that line when they they get out there. So it's it's taken a bit to to manage. Uh, but we said this has been the the week of Kirby Doc, and to hear how excited Trevor Litowski is talking about. Um, Kirby Doc as an elite centerman about this, uh, the sense, the change uh, since Jake Evans has gone out um, and Sean uh, Monaghan, that, that there's been this change and Kirby Doc has been at center uh, and he's just embraced the role and, and uh, the way he is able to drive the line um, Latowski said is, is, is very impressive. And then uh, because he's playing so well, 
He's 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 playing well on his own line um, with uh, Mike Hoffman and and uh, and uh, Ullinen, uh that he gets bonus shifts. Um, so it, it, I mean, it was we saw it, uh, but apparently the coaching staff are, have have noticed it as well. This uh, um, amazing week from Kirby Doc. Yeah, Kirby Doc has looked really good uh, since Cole Caulfield announced his season-ending injury. Uh, we also got to hear from uh, Cole Caulfield this past week, and uh, he talks about uh, the fact that it's tough not being with his teammates. Uh, just because I want to be out there. I mean, it's tough. It's tough watching. It's tough not being out there practicing with your teammates. Just the day-to-day stuff. It's obviously tough, but <clears throat> I think <clears throat> again, like the people around me that I trust have been nothing but uh honest with me and throughout this whole process it's been just learning myself about what's going on and um obviously a couple doctors have looked at it and um they all thought that's what's best and I think they've seen a lot more than I have and they know kind of the differences and what they they like and don't like about it and long term I think this is what's best but for sure it was it was tough to kind of sit out that game against Toronto on a Saturday night that's for sure he really wanted to be in that that game um, uh, again, a Saturday night game against a big rival, Hockey Night in Canada. He wanted to be there, and and it you can you can hear it in his voice. It's really tough. He knows, you know, his brain's telling him, um, yeah, this is the right decision. The doctors say this is the right decision, but his heart, he wants to be on the ice. Yeah, we have uh, one more Coke quote uh, coming in from Cole Caulfield, uh, and he's talking about uh, missing being on the ice. Obviously, yeah. I mean, I already miss it. Um, I think they took my sticks away in the locker room. <laughs> I actually did, and my skates. So um, I'll for sure miss it. Um, but again, I think it's it's what's best for me long term, and um, yeah, I'll make up for those pucks not being shot. <laughs> so <laughs> he he wants to be on the ice so bad. They had to take his sticks uh, and his skates away. So. Uh, uh, to prevent him from 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 doing anything uh, for now. Yeah, it's probably difficult for him to not uh, be putting pucks in net uh, in all this free time that he has now. Uh, kind of cute that he's sticking around with the team and uh, the dressing room and whatnot. So uh, nice to hear from Cole Caulfield and, uh, like we said earlier, wishing him a speedy recovery from his surgery. For sure. Uh, looking around the league uh, for some hockey news, there was a trade. Uh, I think the first one of the year, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the Colorado Avalanche acquired Matt Nieto and Ryan Merkley from the San Jose Sharks in exchange for Martin Kaut and Jacob McDonald. Uh, seems like it's a swapping of some depth players, some AHL players, maybe some pieces that haven't fit in uh, to their organizations very well. Uh, fresh start for some guys. Ryan Merkley is a former uh, 21st overall pick. Uh, he's spent a little bit of time in the AHL so far. Hasn't looked great, so maybe a change in scenery is what these players need. Yeah, and for I, I think the piece for um, Colorado is Matt Nieto. It can yeah. be at the bottom of the lineup. Uh, they're familiar with him, um, very familiar with him. He played four years with the three year. No, it was a better part of four years with the Avalanche. So. Um, they know what they're getting, um, and uh, this is kind of the opening. Uh, there have been a few trades in the NHL, but as far as the trade deadline um, window of trades, uh, this is kind of the opening salvo for that, uh, the kickoff uh, for the trade deadline. Uh, number of trades that more we, that we expect, and, and we'll be talking about in that in the second segment.
Yeah. But uh, first here, we get to hear from everyone's favorite commissioner, uh, Gary Bettman. He took a trip into Montreal this past week, kind of unexpectedly uh, spent some time chatting with Jeff Molson. Uh, you can see those videos and pictures all over the media, uh, people speculating what he's talking about. And then afterwards, uh, Gary Bettman did make himself available for the media, and there were a couple questions that uh, he was asked. Uh, so, Rick, we'll start off here. Uh, the Commissioner Gary Bettman was asked about tanking in the NHL. Of course not. Of yeah. course not, Michael. Why are you even uh, asking such a question? Yeah, according to Gary Bettman, tanking doesn't exist because <laughs> there is a way to draft lottery. Uh, so thanks, Gary. Um, I, I don't know, uh, Gary, do you follow the NHL? Are you, uh, <laughs> you know, reading all the news, paying attention to what's happening? Uh, I'm currently wearing a tank top to show my support for Team Tank in Montreal. Uh, you can see teams very purposely making themselves worse, so I, I don't know what to tell you there. Uh, I feel like tanking is real, but no, Gary says it's not, so we'll leave it at that. He's quite, he was uh, quite <laughs> indignant about the whole thing and quite sarcastic and, and said it's just silly that that nobody's going to uh, lose games on purpose just to increase their percentage of getting you know, a player like Connor, uh, Connor Bedard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyways, the next thing he was asked was about NHL expansion into Quebec City. Uh, what he had to say is, no, we are not in expansion mode right now. Uh, and he assured us that uh, over the years, uh, he's talked to Jeff Molson and he's showed his support for uh, bringing back the Quebec Nordique. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know that I believe that there will be expansion into Quebec. I, I guess Batman was pretty honest about that one. What was your thought here? Um, yeah, he says we're not in expansion mode. If we get there, we'll let the pe the good people in Quebec know. Um, I, you know, it's, it's about economics and, uh, it's, it, it would be difficult to make those work in, um, in Quebec city and Jeff Molson, I'm sure that, that publicly he says, um, that, uh, he would welcome a team. Um, <laughs> why would you want to alienate all those uh, beer drinkers from your product in, in Quebec city? <laughs> Publicly, um, but we also know that the Canadians are, you know, they they protect their territory, their boundaries, uh, rather aggressively, and um, it, it would be a surprise if they're as enthusiastic about welcoming a team uh, privately. Batman was also asked about the potential of an outdoor game in Montreal. Uh, Batman said that, uh, well, the Olympic Stadium has a roof and uh, McGill University is a lot too small. I think that's fair. I, I don't know. Maybe there's another solution to this. Uh, do you have any thoughts on an outdoor game in Montreal, Rick? Well, it would be spectacular um, to have an outdoor game in Montreal. Um, I... I you know, the logistics are difficult. And I guess what I have problems with is just Gary's sarcastic answers. Are you going to take the roof off the Olympic Stadium, he asked. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but there's, there's creative people out there. It would be an amazing event. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I would have rather uh, him saying, said that, that um, you know, they would love to have a game. Uh, rather than him saying there's no suitable outdoor venue. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and on that note, uh, he was asked about uh, the potential of getting a Montreal Canadiens game in Europe, and it's possible. Um, 
we could see that. He said that uh, there is an owner's committee for uh, international play, and uh, Molson is a co-chair on that. So do you think there will be a Montreal Canadiens game in Europe at some point? Well, I, I think so. The Canadians are a historic team. They're, they're Canadian Habs fans are everywhere. We say it all the time. Um, and uh, uh, I, I think this that w- they would be a big draw either for a preseason game or a regular season game um, in in Europe. Um, I, I and and it's just interesting to me that you know um, Jeff Molson doesn't doesn't acknowledge his uh, his uh, North American fans uh, outside of Quebec. So it's interesting that that he's casting his eyes on Europe. And my favorite of this bunch of questions was Batman being asked about the goalie <laughs> interference controversy. Uh, Batman uh, seems to think it's the coach's fault for challenging that so much. Uh, he says that there are some clear defined rules. So thanks again, Gary, for uh, clarifying that. I guess uh, all of us who have watched hockey nonstop, all the analysts, all the fans, all the teams out there, we we, we don't know what we're talking about, right? Uh, there's never been any confusion about uh, goalie interference. There's never been any shady calls or anything like that, right? Gary says it's all because you're a fan. It's all because, uh, what did he say? Uh, it's, just some, it's just that you don't like the result, uh, he said. And... Because you're a fan, you don't really understand the rules. Um, he said, to quote, people sometimes say they don't understand something when they don't like the result. Um, and, and then, yes, uh, pointed the finger at, at the coaches. Quote, you shouldn't be using the coaches' challenge unless you're certain that a mistake was made. Uh, it's not that you'd just like to see a different result. So, <laughs> again, just... Um, uh, it's an attitude thing, I think. Yeah, uh, it seems to me that some people like to deflect when they don't want to be wrong about something. That's true. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, the final thing here we'll touch on is uh, Logan Mayu. Will he be cleared to play? Uh, what Batman said is uh, we haven't dealt with uh, that issue because we haven't uh, been asked to. Uh, we'll have to evaluate his situation when and if the Canadians decide to bring him up to the NHL level, bring it up, I, pr- present it. Why wait till the, the last minute and let them, you know, uh, linger and maybe add their own punishment? That, that's, you know, uh, Logan Mayu. Uh, he's he's received court punishment. He's received um, CHL punishment. Received punishment by the Canadians, and now it looks like. Um, Gary's threatening his own, although um, I did like what he said uh, in saying, uh, and quote, I do think at some point in some circumstances with some people, is there enough qualifiers in there? Some point at in some circumstances with some people, when you make a mistake, there's a chance of re- redemption and rehabilitation. Um, so maybe Logan can take that as, as good news. And remember we've, we, he's having another Canadians prospect who's having a tremendous season. Frankie Boolean last week, uh, we talked about that quote that he said, uh, he's the next prospect, uh, in his mind that will make the jump to the NHL. Yeah. 
So if you want more reaction on uh, everything that Gary Batman had to say, uh, check out our All Habs YouTube channel. Uh, Amy Johnson uh, did a whole episode going through some of her favorite moments of uh, the Batman media availability. So check out the latest episode of the Habs Hockey Report. Hit that subscribe button and all you have to do is search at All Habs on YouTube. So coming up, we're going to hear a brand new message from our sponsors, DraftKings. And then we're going to get to our big topic segment to talk about the trade deadline. So stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? Well, you can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Now, if you're a fan of this show, you'll know that this past weekend, I was watching my Philadelphia Eagles, and boy, did they come up big against the Giants. So, of course, this weekend, I will be definitely all eyes on the Eagles versus the Niners. And, of course, I'm going to take some same-game parlay action on that game through DraftKings Sportsbook. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella. Make sure you find me on Twitter at the Spinella. And with me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. Make sure to give him a follow at All Habs on Twitter. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, check out the website CanadiansConnection.com. And just a reminder here: make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Canadians Connection podcast, wherever you get your podcasts in your favorite podcast app. And uh, also, if you have the opportunity to give us a rating, we want to know uh, what you think about this. I believe on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you get your podcast, you can uh, leave us a nice five-star rating and let us know what you think. So, Rick, time to take a deep dive into the NHL trade deadline. It's just over a month away, and uh, honestly, I'm very excited The Montreal Canadiens have the opportunity to offload some contracts, add in some assets, reshape their roster, maybe trim some of the fat from their salary cap. Uh, Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes will have a a huge balance uh, that they're going to have to wait until uh, March 3rd uh, to maximize the offers with the risk of adding additional players to the injury list. So, Rick, how are you feeling about this upcoming trade deadline? Well, excited, excited as well, um, and and it's just uh, you know we've had one um, kind of pre-trade deadline trade uh, this week, and and it just um, you start thinking, wow, this this trade deadline on March third is is right around the corner, um, especially given that there is going to be a ten game pause in there in the Canadian schedule. 
Um, it's good on one hand in that they'll be able to get some players back and get them healthy. And that's just the, you know, that, that's, the, that's the poker game uh, that's happening with, um, with Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon. Kent Hughes, it would seem, likes to wait till absolutely the last minute, that being March 3rd this, uh, this season, to maximize the value. Um, and, and, but at the risk of, um, you know, that between now and then, players could get injured or re-injured uh, and take them, uh, and rather than, you know, getting an extra draft pick or whatever, you're getting nothing because they're unavailable to trade. Um, but that's just the, the, the reality of the trade deadline. Um, but, you know, to answer your question, very, very excited about what's going to happen. And, and part of that excitement comes from looking back at uh, what they were able to accomplish last trade deadline. Yeah, it was a very successful last trade deadline, actually. Uh, Taking a look at uh, last year, it was uh, March the 21st in which that happened, and they acquired a whole bunch of prospects and draft picks. Uh, The first trade that went down, and this one happened a little bit earlier, uh, was the Tyler Toffoli trade to Calgary. Uh, So it was Tyler Toffoli in exchange for a first-round pick that they turned into Philippe Michard. Emil Heineman, who's shaping up to be a really good prospect. Tyler Pitlick, who I'm assuming that was a bit of a throw-in for a trade. He's no longer around. And then a fifth-round pick in 2023, so they still have one more draft pick that they can take out of this trade. Uh, To me, awesome trade. This really set the tone for what uh, Ken Hughes would be able to do. Uh, I think that might uh, be my well, one of my favorite ones of the bunch. Uh, My favorite one, though, was Ben Sherratt, too the Florida Panthers in exchange for Ty Smilanic, a fourth round pick uh, turned into Cedric Gindon and a first round draft pick in 2023. That's unprotected. That was a brilliant move. Getting that unprotected first round draft pick one year ahead. Uh, Some, I I don't know if they were just projecting where they thought Florida could be this year or if it was just sheer luck, but that could very well be a lottery pick for Montreal there. Uh, the next one they made uh, was Brett Kulak to the Edmonton Oilers in exchange for William Logason and a second round draft pick. And that second round draft pick turned into Layden Hudson, who, again, another really awesome prospect, uh, probably one of the better defense prospects that they have in the system at the moment. Uh, I kind of liked getting William Logason in this trade too at first. I thought uh, maybe they can uh, turn him into like, a bottom pairing defenseman. Didn't quite work out. It ended up being a bit of a throw in, but doesn't matter. They got Lane Hudson, so that works. And of course, uh, the last trade, and this one was very last minute, are Turi Lekkonen to the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for Justin Barron and a t- second round pick in 2024. Um, didn't look like, uh, the Avs had a first round pick available. So Montreal decided they, they would get a former first round pick and a highly touted defense prospect in Justin Barron. And, uh, we've gotten to see Justin Barron a little bit this year and he's looked very, very good. So I'd say four spectacular trades by the Canadians last year. Yeah, I think so. And, and, um, you know, that, that Tyler Toffoli trade uh, happened on Valentine's day, uh, the, uh, on February 14th. That was, um, that was Kent Hughes's second trade as a, a general manager. We'll talk about the first in just a second. Um, but but getting, um, you know, Philippe Machar, Emil Heineman, we didn't talk about him. He had a spectacular goal. Um, the highlights uh, that we circulated internally here this week 
Um, he's been he's been great. Um, he, he had a slow start, uh, had a, a hand injury, but uh, he's been great. Uh, Tyler Pitlick, yeah, sometimes you have to take back uh, 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 players uh, that aren't going to be part of your future to make the money work. Um, for um, um, Calgary in this, in this, and and with with each of these, um, there was also uh, withholding, uh, retaining salary um, there in in some of these moves. So um, William Logason, Tyler Pitlick, those those kind of players came back that then uh, become free agents and and uh, leave your organization. But that's okay; you only have them uh, on the books for a short period of time. Um, Andy, yeah, what what's going to come of that Florida pick? Um, not part of the lottery process right now. They, uh, but but certainly uh, could be. Um, and and then the 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 trades that happened on March twenty first, uh, the Brett Kulak trade, the Arturi Lekkinen trade happened just fifteen minutes before. That was a trade where um, Kent Hughes just held out and held out and held out. Um, until he finally got what he wanted, and uh, Justin Barron um, again uh, a, a little bit uh, slow when he got got called up, but he's been terrific the last couple of games, and still yet to come as a second round pick in twenty twenty four. Yeah, so looking ahead now to what the Canadians could do uh, at this upcoming trade deadline, there has been little movement in the Canadian trade board as teams have expressed their interest in acquiring players and adjustments have been made uh, for performance. And of course there have been some injuries. Here is a list that we ranked from least likely to most likely to be traded. Um, So I think we kind of grouped some guys into tiers here. I'll start off with the tier of guys that we think are least likely to be traded. You ready to get going on this one, Rick? Absolutely. So in the bottom tier, we uh, paired together uh, Yoel Armia, Evgeny Dadanov, and Mike Hoffman as the three guys that we think are least likely to be traded. Uh, The contracts on these players aren't great. I don't think any of these guys have performed up to that contract. And uh, it'd be a pretty big gamble if teams wanted to go out and get some of these guys. Armia only has seven points in 32 games so far this season. So it's been been rough for him. He's heated up a little bit in the last couple weeks. But uh, slow start. Didn't get his first uh, goal of the year until the calendar hit 2023. So... I think it's unlikely that anyone would want him. Evgeny Dadanov, uh, only four goals on the year. Uh, he's not looked good with the exception of one game against Winnipeg. Uh, certainly just not a good fit. And uh, Evgeny Dadanov, at this point in his career, I don't think uh, any team's really going to want to touch that. And finally, Mike Hoffman, uh, 16 points in 35 games, but he makes $4.5 million this and next season. Uh if Mike Kaufman was on an expiring deal, I would say that maybe he'd be more likely, but I don't think there's a team that's going to want to bring him in this year and then keep him around next year at the same price. Yeah, for me, of this grouping, uh, and and we're talking about them because, uh, you know, for one, uh, they they would, you, you'd think that they would have some uh, value to teams going to the playoffs. I think the one that... that has the most value here is uh, Yol Armia. Um, he, traditionally, um, he's a player that can make a difference in the playoffs, plays a possession-type game, was really good on puck retrieval, forechecking, 
Um, and and it's just unfortunate. There there might have been an opportunity because, as you said, uh, just before he was injured, he was heating up and, and getting his offensive uh, game going um, and might have caught the eye but then uh, suffered that injury and won't be back until after the uh, the all-star break. Um, Dadnoff, I respect the fact that he's a smart player um, and uh, for whatever reason, uh, things just uh, he hasn't been a good fit. Uh, and Hoffman, you know, is is um, the Canadians knew Bergevin knew he was a one dimensional uh, player, uh, uh, someone who can um, give a boost to the power play. But that certainly hasn't happened um, in in Montreal. That contract for sure has got to be an impediment to, to him being traded. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with all of that. So um, you all Armia, probably the guy that could help out a playoff team the most. The other two, I'm not really convinced. Uh, so that's uh, that's our bottom tier of guys that we think are the least likely to be traded. Our next tier here is actually goaltenders. And we included both goaltenders in this one in uh, Jake Allen and Samuel Montembeau. Uh, Rick, I'll let you get started on this one. Well, it's interesting. Is it likely? No, it, it isn't. Um, and uh, uh, But... One of the reasons Jake Allen is is in there is because he's a, a pretty well-known quantity um, around the league. Uh, can he be your number one goaltender in the playoffs that uh, teams can rely on? Mm, maybe not. Uh, probably not. Likely not. However, um, you have to get to the playoffs. And and the the it's been shown that that uh, you want your number one goaltender rested for the playoffs, but you need to have confidence in your backup to play those games if you're, if you're vying for, for position, um, a playoff position, and so on. So to bring in a reliable backup like Jake Allen um, may be attractive to some teams. The other issue is that there just aren't that many goaltenders that are going to be available um, at the trade deadline. There's, I suppose, there's a James Reimer in in San Jose. Would you rather have a James Reimer or, or a Jake Allen? Um, I know what my answer would be. And and you have teams out there um, who could certainly use help. Um, Los Angeles, uh, Edmonton, Seattle, Calgary, Buffalo. Um, yeah, Buffalo, not a, a necessarily a playoff team, but but these are are, are teams who um, could use an upgrade to their goaltending, and uh, and maybe there's there's uh, a possibility again it, it remote. Let me just throw something else into the mix. Uh, goaltenders aren't traded that often, you would think. Mm. Um, you would think. Um, but what about Kent Hughes's history? Uh, he hasn't made many trades. We've talked about uh, the ones that he made. Um, arriving as general manager on the 18th of January, his first trade in the NHL involved a goaltender. It did. Uh, two days prior to that Valentine's uh, trade that we talked about with Tyler Toffoli, he traded Brandon Baddock um, to the Minnesota Wild for Andrew Hammond. Remember the Hamburglar coming into Montreal? The Canadians were desperate for goaltending help. Uh, he traded for a goaltender, Andrew Hammond. At the trade deadline, on trade deadline day, he traded Andrew Hammond away from the club to the New Jersey Devils for Nate Schnarr, who is, is a very good, usable player, 
uh, for Laval and has been since his arrival. On March 2nd, he traded another goaltender. He traded Michael McNiven uh, to the Calgary Flames. Um, so he's made three trades that have involved goaltenders already uh, prior to last year's trade line, trade deadline. And uh, the question is, will he make one more? Yeah, that's a very good point you bring up, actually. And I will uh, throw in there, too, that uh, out of Jake Allen, Sam Montembeau, and Keaton Primo, He's actually offered all three of those guys contracts, so uh, maybe it's a little, a little bit uh, two different sides of that. Uh, he's traded a couple, and he's re-signed a couple to keep them around. Uh, but my point there, uh, to me, Jake Allen, pretty unlikely uh, to be traded. He like just re-signed an extension at the beginning of the year. That extension does not uh, kick in uh, until next year and he'll be a ufa in the summer of 2025 so i'm doubtful that a team is going to want to take on uh, jake allen at this point in his career until uh, summer 2025 currently he's rocking a 0.893 save percentage uh, which does not really uh, help his case and uh, montreal in general i think they just lack goaltending depth and to me jake allen is probably the best goalie they have at the moment as for uh, Sam Montembeau, uh, he was just re-signed in the summer uh, for a one-way contract, uh, which I found pretty interesting. I didn't think that he was going to be uh, in the NHL this season, but you know what? This past month, he's put together a nice string of games there. He's looked very solid, uh, but I I don't know that Montreal is going to be able to move on from him too much. Uh, right now, his save percentage is uh, .910. Uh, I think that's pretty good, actually, but that's within a small number of games. What I will say is that uh, Ken Hughes, during his 42-minute press conference that happened not too long ago, uh, he kind of went out of his way to praise Sam Montembeau and mentioned that Sam Montembeau could have a future in the organization. So me being me, I, I started speculating a little bit. I felt like that came out of left field a little bit to pump the tires on uh, Montembeau. And I was wondering if it was possible that Ken Hughes was maybe doing that as a way to, you know, string up some interest to see if there's any teams that might have interest in trading for a Sam Montembeau. Uh, no, it could be a little bit of a long shot. Uh, like I said, Montreal, just they lack a lot of goaltending depth, so I'm not sure that they would consider it. But if they do get an offer on a Sam Montembeau, I, I have to wonder if uh, you really start to consider that, right? So you're a Shakespeare fan is what you're saying. It's a, it's a Hamlet <laughs> thing. Uh, the lady doth protest too much, methinks. Um, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that uh, there's a bit of smoke and mirrors going on with respect to uh, Sam Montembeau. Um, he's had some dreadful starts um, and recently um, and uh, didn't look good on the, on the road trip. Once the um, once Marty St. Louis just completely overhauled his system and changed from an offensive team to a defensive team, Sam Montembeau has been able to handle that. Um, rebounds are a big issue for uh, positioning. Not very good. He's not a positional goaltender. Um, and they're trying to make a, he's very aggressive, challenges the shooters. They're trying to make him stay back in the net. Um, more and more and more. But when you do that, you open yourself up to um, shots from the slot. To compensate, they've been able, they've been trying to block a lot of shots and clear rebounds. Um, rebounds are a problem for, for Sam Montembeau. So um, I think in the current 
configuration. Sam Montembeau looks pretty good if if uh, um, you know if if he can manage that that in that kind of a style. Uh, but the Canadians are producing nothing offensively uh, when when you look at it as far as scoring chances in order to to manage this system. So something will have to give at some point if they think that they can pull the wool over the eyes of of uh, um, you know general managers and get something. I'm. I don't know. I th- I think that right now Sam Montembeau, his popularity has soared. Um, the, the Canadians' uh, fans and media have been desperate for a homegrown goaltender, um, and and he he's he's fun to talk about. I don't think he's he's part of. He, he's certainly not going to be a number one goaltender. Uh, could he be a backup, perhaps? Um, but it's you know it's. What what's the offer going to be? And and yeah, you mentioned about uh, Jake Allen's contract. Is Jake Allen a four million dollar goaltender? Um, and for a team that's, if you get an uh, uh, an offer on him and you're looking to uh, cut your salary cap, only going up one million next year, uh, by the way. Um, and uh, Batman confirmed that again this week. Um, you know, is an opportunity. I'll, I'll just throw in one more um, caveat about uh, Jake Allen's uh, contract is that uh, with that new contract, a no trade list um, uh, uh, kicks in uh, when that new contract goes into force. So that will limit uh, the ability to trade him uh, at that point. Does it make it more attractive now? I don't, I don't know. Anyway, we're talking about two players that, are pretty unlikely to be traded, but um, to be to be to cover all the bases, uh, we thought we would get into this discussion. Yeah, I think it's worth discussing too. So yeah, uh, we'll move along here to uh, Josh Anderson. I think somebody that has a little bit more of a possibility of being traded uh, than the previous guys that we mentioned. Uh, Josh Anderson, uh, we put him in a tier of his own. Uh, we didn't think that he uh, fit uh, higher than this or lower. So uh, right now he's uh, making $5.5 million for the next five years. Uh, that could be a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, I think that's probably a little bit much money for him. Uh, perhaps there is a team out there that legitimately likes the player and would rather trade for somebody uh, who's sticking around long term as opposed to a rental. Um, although it, it does feel like when you go to the trade deadline, more teams are looking for like a cheap rental type player to step in and put them over the top. Uh, right now, Anderson uh, in 47 games, uh, 14 goals, three assists, uh, 11, uh, 17 points total. Um, he's the type of guy that I think is known for inconsistency. Sometimes you, you don't notice him and he can be very frustrating. Other times he looks like he's literally the best player on the ice and he can control a game. Uh, that player tends to come out uh, in the playoffs uh, when he really turns things up. So maybe there is a team out there that uh, has some interest in uh, bringing in uh, a Josh Anderson. Uh, but I still, uh, I don't feel like this one's super likely, but it, I mean, the organization has come out and said that uh, they're getting some offers on Josh Anderson. Uh, there was a rumor that a uh, first round pick could have been involved, but uh, Ken Hughes said no. So uh, what are your thoughts on Josh Anderson, Rick? Well, the one thing that Ken Hughes said is the phone rings most for Josh Anderson. Uh, that's That's who he gets the most inquiries on. Is Josh Anderson, and um, 
and 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 why not? He he has an absolutely unique skill set. Um, he can score tremendous speed, physical, all of that occasionally, uh, all of that in streaks, all of that uh, inconsistently. Um, so, you know, four years at five point five million after this year. Um, you know, would you like to get that off your your books? Of course. Um, I think I think that there's a, a good chance that Josh Anderson will be traded. Although I don't know if it'll happen uh, at the trade deadline, if it's more likely, given that he has an, another four years left, uh, whether it's more likely an off-season trade. Um, but I, it's my feeling that he's going to be traded at, at some point in the next 12 months. Yeah, that's uh, well put for sure. Uh, if you look at uh, Tyler DeFoley last year, he had a little bit of term left uh, when he was traded. So it's certainly possible that there's an in-season trade, but uh, I agree with your point that it's likely more of an off-season move for a team. Uh, the next tier we have, I think, is pretty likely that uh, one of these two guys gets dealt. Uh, we have Joel Edmondson and David Savard. Uh, we all know the reports coming from Pierre Lebrun uh, about Edmonton having interest in Edmondson, and the rumor is that there could be a first-round pick on the table for that. Uh, Edmondson has two years remaining on his deal. Uh, the recent injury to him really gets in the way of a trade happening. Uh, Kent Hughes, during his press conference uh, uh, that happened a couple of weeks ago, really tried to temper expectations on a possible Edmondson trade. But uh, if the Pierre reports are true, I, I think it's pretty likely that if uh, Edmondson gets healthy, that he'll uh, be traded. Uh, the Athletic even uh, goes as far as to put Edmondson at number 16 on their trade board. So that's uh, that's pretty interesting. I think that's quite likely. And uh, the other guy we have in this tier, David Savard. To me, the, this one's a this it could be a cool one. Um, He's had a decent season so far. Three years left at 3.5. He has a Stanley Cup. He has plenty of playoff experience. Uh, Seems like a good uh, veteran uh, to deploy on a contending team. Uh, Brings a certain amount of leadership. So I I wouldn't be surprised if David Savard drummed up a decent amount of interest at the deadline. And uh, I think he could get an all right return for that. Uh, So I'll get your thoughts on this one. Uh, David Savard to me was it, it, it was uh, a surprise mention um, that uh, that there's been some some interest and and that there's been that there was um, an openness uh, that uh, Ken Hughes said that he had spoken to uh, both uh, gentlemen uh, telling them that uh, he was fielding offers um, as you said uh, David Savard has the extra year on uh, on his contract uh, to Edmondson both making 3.5 million dollars uh, I think if if um, Joel Edmondson is is healthy he gets traded I, I before the deadline I think that is that is happening I think there are um, you know there's Edmonton and there's there are other uh, organizations looking for um, defensemen. Um, and looking for defensemen of his ilk. Um, and when you look at, at who's likely to be available at the trade deadline, Jacob Chikrin, um, Gavrikov, uh, Eric Carlson, John Klingberg, Matt Dumba, there's not, there's not really anyone like um, uh, uh, Edmondson who's really built for the playoffs. 
David Savard, um, uh, he has, uh, you know, his his own skill set um, and um, uh, could be very valuable. Uh, you know, he's he's playing out of uh, out of his comfort zone in in Montreal. But if you had him as a second or third pairing, he played on the third pairing in in Tampa. Um, he would be very effective, I believe. Yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah, to me, that's probably the most interesting one on the board is David Savard. David Savard at one point was a trade deadline acquisition that brought back a first round pick uh, out of all the other defensemen that you brought up. Uh, a couple of those guys have some term. I think uh, Gavrikov is the only one that's set to be a UFA at the end of the year. But uh, the rumor for most of these guys is a first round pick or more, kind of similar to the Ben Chirot trade that happened last year. So uh, I think that uh, if Edmondson gets healthy and there's a first-round pick on the table, I'm just taking that and I'm running. I'm a happy guy. <laughs> sure. And the number one guy that we have on our list is Sean Monahan, and he's actually 13th on the athletics trade board. Uh, Rick, I'll let you get started on Sean Monahan. Sean Monahan is being traded. Um, if he's healthy, <laughs> at all healthy yeah. enough to play, um, he'll be traded before the trade deadline. Most likely, Canadian to be uh, traded. Um, the the injury is a bit of a concern because uh, we heard that that you know he was out of the walking boot. He was practicing with with teammates. He was in a non contact jersey then. Uh, we haven't seen him for the last couple of practices, so if there's been a, um, an issue um, uh, with that progression, um, we don't know. But um, he'll now have again uh, the the All Star break uh, to uh, to get healthy. But Sean Monahan, um, you know, where could he go? Go to Colorado for sure. Uh, Minnesota, Dallas. There's a lot of teams that that could use a Sean Monahan. Yeah, uh, the whole intent on bringing Sean Monahan into Montreal was so that they could uh, trade him at the deadline for more assets. You remember the Monahan came in with the first round pick. Uh, if Montreal can turn uh, Sean Monahan into a first round pick and somehow acquire two first round picks for half a season of Monahan, brilliant move by uh, Kent Hughes and the whole team there. Um, Pierre Lebrun is uh, speculating that Colorado could be a pretty good landing spot for him. Uh, Montreal's dealt with uh, the Avs at the trade deadline before, uh, like the Arturi Lekkonen trade. So I think there's a nice connection there. Uh, for Cal well, Calgary uh, traded uh, Monaghan as a, essentially as a cap dump. Uh, I think there's potential that Montreal could retain some salary here to really up uh, what they get in return. Uh, he's provided some decent uh, secondary scoring for Montreal in a top six role when he's been healthy. Unfortunately, right now, like you said, the fear is he's injured and we're not sure when he's coming back. I've suggested that maybe there's a possibility that if he is injured, that uh, it can be more of a conditional uh, draft pick that gets in return on the condition that Monaghan gets healthy. But uh, it, that could be a difficult thing to do. And I think it uh, it's pretty unlikely that uh, he does get traded if he is still injured. So, I mean, if Monaghan can walk... I think he's pretty much set to be traded before the deadline, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I th I think that's fair, and and um, you know, playing uh, is is it is it uh, important for him to get into a game in a team that's not going to the playoffs, uh, where there is um, any amount of risk? Um, uh, probably not. 
but could he suit up for a playoff uh, a playoff game for one of these teams? Uh, yeah, I I I think he probably probably could. So um, that's why he's he remains, uh, even though the, it's it's a bit foggy uh, when he's going to be back. Um, that uh, I, I he he remains the most likely Montreal Canadian to be traded before the de- deadline. Yeah, so the NHL trade deadline uh, is on March the 3rd this year, and we're almost in February. It's amazing how time flies. Uh, That deadline's coming up fast, so you hope that all these injured players can get healthy soon so that they can be traded. Um, Yeah, uh, it's going to be an exciting deadline this year. I look forward uh, to seeing what Ken Hughes can do. Uh, I don't know that he's going to be able to do as much as he did last year at the trade deadline, but uh, certainly some interesting pieces. I I think I'm predicting at least two trades. Uh, Did you have any uh, thoughts on that? I'll put you on the spot there, Rick. I don't have a prediction, but but let's say more just to make it exciting. Uh, (laughs) and, And because... Yeah, we read the list from last year. Expectations are raised now for Ken Hughes. He was a miracle worker last trade deadline. Uh, let's see if he can do the same or more this year. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, so uh, coming up next, we're going to get into our uh, Have Your Say segment. Uh, we want to make sure that we hear from you. Our uh, Canadians Connection question of the week is, which Montreal Canadian is on your trade block? So make sure you reach out and let us know. Uh, we're going to take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Stay with us. You are listening to Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to episode 200 and 
28 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Make sure you're following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also check out the website, canadiansconnection.com. And if you want, you can give us a text. We have a Rocket Sports text line that's all set up. So send us a text at 5853-ROCKET. That's 5853-ROCKET. And welcome to the Have Your Say segment. Uh, We talked a lot about the trade deadline and uh, we teased our Canadians Connection question of the week. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. But this Montreal Canadiens team, week after week, it's difficult to follow them, isn't it, Rick? There's uh, there's lots going on every week. Lots, lots and lots going on. So if you need help staying up to date, make sure you uh, stay up to date with us here at Rocket Sports. Uh, we have plenty of content available at allhabs.net, including our uh, Habs notepad that comes out every Monday from Chris G. Uh, Chris G does a great job writing that up. He touches on all the different levels of this Montreal Canadiens team, uh, including NHL, AHL, and the ECHL affiliate, anything that goes on behind the scenes. So make sure you check out that uh, Habs notepad that comes out on Monday. Also, we have a special feature written up by our Rocket Sports contributor, Gustav, and it's entitled Under the Radar Prospects. Uh, This one, I think we teased it last week as well, but this is the type of feature that we think uh, lasts uh, a little bit longer. Uh, There are plenty of really cool Under the Radar Montreal Canadiens prospects. I don't want to give anything away, but uh, definitely check that one out. Uh, Gustav did a great job writing that up. For sure. Um, and we like to talk about prospects on this show all the time. So you might be familiar with them. Um, maybe your 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 buddy uh, uh, who's also a Canadians fan uh, hasn't. So uh, be sure to recommend this article. Be sure to recommend the website, allhabs.net. Also, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search at All Habs and you will find the Habs Hockey Report that comes out every Thursday hosted by Amy Johnson. This past week, the episode is entitled, What Did Gary Bettman Say? Uh, so Amy Johnson does a great job going through some of the key points uh, brought up by Bettman. Uh, you get to hear some of her thoughts on that. And get involved. Uh, She loves to hear from people in the comments. Uh, She always takes the time to reply to everyone. Sometimes she even reads uh, the comments on air. Uh, So make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, leave a comment. And uh, there's also a notification bell. So you'll never have to miss a single episode of the Habs Hockey Report. It's a really fun episode. And the comments are great, too. Also, make sure you're subscribed to the Rocket Sports Radio podcast on your favorite podcast app. Every Tuesday, the Press Zone comes out. You can find that at thepresszone.fm. That's hosted by Amy Johnson, Rick Stevens, and Patrick Williams. So if you like prospects, if you want to know what's going on with the Laval Rocket, that's your best source to do that. Also, every Saturday, this podcast, The Canadian's Connection, comes out. You can find it at canadiansconnection.fm and hit subscribe to never miss a single episode. Every Saturday, we give you an in-depth update on everything that's happened in Habsland. Uh, we have a nice big topic segment, and uh, you know what? We're here throughout the year. Uh, if you're missing hockey in the summer, come check us out. Uh, we never uh, take a break from this every single Saturday throughout the year. We are uh, releasing a new episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. We've been doing this a long time. Uh, Every Saturday uh, on allhabs.net, there's been a podcast uh, since about 2011. So we're a dozen years into this. 
And uh, we appreciate all of you who have been, some of, some of you have been with us uh, right from the beginning. Uh, but again, be sure to tell your friends, pass it on, share it on social media. Uh, we're happy to uh, include more in our broadcast. So it's uh, time to get to our Canadians Connection question of the week. It is, who is on your Habs trade board? So we just spent a whole segment talking about the upcoming trade deadline, talking about the guys we think could move or uh, who we think will not move. We want to know, was there anybody that we left off or uh, was there anybody that we talked about that you agree with? Uh, Please reach out to us. You can do so on the Rocket Sports text line 5853ROCKET and let us know your thoughts on that or just anything else. And um, uh, tell us if this is your wish list, you wish these people would be <laughs> traded, or your realistic uh, list of, of and, and make it more of a prediction that these are the guys who will be traded. For sure. Uh, so uh, coming up on the end of uh, this uh, segment here, we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, week to week, normally uh, we let you know about all the games that are coming up uh, between now and the next podcast. And we're, we're going to do the same thing with a little bit of a twist uh, this is going to be a segment called, well, we're entitling this one Cole's Corner. Uh, Rocket Sports uh, media contributor Cole Uzenic, who uh, writes up some of the game previews, has let us know his predictions for who he thinks are going to win these uh, Montreal Canadiens games over the next week. Uh, Rick, is there anything else you can tell us about this one? No, I think this is great. Uh, for the, um, uh, for the, the, the game previews, uh, there's a game preview for every single game on game day they come out in the afternoon um and uh if you want to get ready for uh, puck drop come on to allhabs.net um and it's either cole or it's sam who uh, work with me to um to put together these game previews they're very detailed and um and and we know that uh the uh all of the listeners that that come really enjoy these game previews and and uh, and 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 like the information that uh, that's presented there. So um, uh, with that, uh, we thought we'd give you uh, we'd include uh, either Sam or Cole. This week it's Cole uh, in our uh, predictions for the upcoming games. Yeah. So the predictions made by Cole in a brand new edition of Cole's Corner. Uh, on the 28th, uh, that's today, Saturday, January the 28th, when Montreal goes in to visit Ottawa, he's predicting an Ottawa 4-2 to victory. That's what Cole thinks about that. Oh, Cole. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. man. So uh, blame Cole. Reach out to him. Let him know if you think that's <laughs> how that's going to go. Uh, and then on the 31st, uh, the last day of January, when Ottawa goes to Montreal, he's actually predicting a Montreal victory 5-4. to four. <laughs> Way to go, Cole. Yeah, we yeah, like that so, one. <laughs> predicting uh, the home team winning in each one. Obviously, uh, Ottawa and Montreal are pretty close in the standings, so that'll be pretty interesting. Uh, get yourself all ready. Uh, come to allhabs.net and uh, check out those uh, game previews to get yourself all ready and set up. And uh, let us know. Do you agree with Cole's picks on that one? Uh, that's going to be a wrap for us today. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Please subscribe to Canadians Connection in the player on your favorite podcasting app and share on social media if you liked everything you heard. Enjoy the week and we'll be back here next Saturday, February the 4th for another great episode. Thank you all for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.